What's poppin' everybody? How y'all doing? Thanks for tuning in to The Swamp Life with yours truly, the one and only, Big Gator, Gator Love, Turtleneck Gator, Gold Chain Gator, Spiffy Gator, Mr. Where's My Lighter, The Fresno Stallion. You know, we ain't said all our aliases in a minute, so we just had to get that out there. You feel me? Address me as that or nothing else. Anyways, hopefully you guys have had a nice week. You know, I finally went out and did some shit. Um... It was Richard's birthday. Happy belated, pimp. Uh, I've mentioned Richard on the podcast, homie, since seventh grade. Um, we went to this concert or rave type of event. It was called Bay Nights. And, um, you know, I'm not really big on EDM music. Um, I just, unless I'm rolling, honestly, I just, I can't play it. And, um, but, you know, we went, I was going just to, you know, fuck with Richard for his birthday. I don't know who was performing other than Nav and Lil Yachty, but fuck it. You know, I mean, I'm gonna go and try to have a good time anyways. And, you know, when we got there, we got there decently early. So, you know, we popped it. And um, let me just say, Pimp, if you take a blue M&M, you can vibe out to anything, my nigga. Honestly, have I took half a blue M&M, my nigga, and I was, I was good. You know what I mean? I don't know who was playing. Honestly, I was trying to think about this before I recorded. The night's low-key a blur, honestly. But I just know I had a good time. You know what I mean? Like I said, I don't fuck with EDM music at all. But I took half that blue M&M, my nigga, and somebody could have been beatboxing on the desk, and I would have been having a good time. Shit. <laughs> and it could have been trash, but I would have found some kind of rhythm in it. You feel me? I would have assisted him, helped him out, and we would have made something happen. Oh, I got it. There was someone there named Yeah Me Too, other than Nav and Lil Yachty. But I don't I don't recall anything he played. And honestly, thinking about Nav and Lil Yachty's performance, I don't know any Nav songs that are, like, you know, hits other than, uh, fuck, Myself Again, when he's rapping about, you know what I mean, taking drugs and it makes him feel like itself again and I know there's a couple other songs that y'all niggas know but I'm letting y'all know that that's the only song I know from Nav and as for Lil Yachty he got a couple joints that I fuck with but I've come to the conclusion that I just don't fuck with Lil Yachty's music in general you know what I mean I was listening I tried to listen to Lil Boat 2 a couple times and I just decided he don't make music for me, honestly. I feel like he makes music for niggas that are, like, 13 to 18. You know what I mean? Just doing their thing, living life, trying to have a good time, positive vibes or whatever. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. I just feel like it's not for me. That's not bashing him at all. I like Lil Yachty as a person. I think he's actually a pretty cool guy, even though I've never met this nigga. But, you know what I mean? From the persona he gives out through interviews and shit like that, I feel like he's a pretty cool guy, you know what I mean, while at the event though, I don't know why people feel like this is okay, this is probably like the, this has happened more than four times, I don't know how many times it's happened actually, but I'm definitely strong on more than four in the past year, this girl was staring at me, right, 
which is fine. You know, I consider myself to be a handsome young devil. At bare minimum, I'm a decent looking young man. But, you know, we can find a a medium ground in between there and I'm okay with that. You know, I mean, she was looking at me from across the thing. You know, I mean, that's cool. She made her way within a few people of me, which is fine. I mean, I'm single. I'm not tripping. We're ready to mingle. Anyways, she stares at me. I'm looking back at her. She's not attractive enough for this action, which is the only reason I'm discussing it. You feel me? And honestly, I feel like that can separate you from doing a lot of things. But we're not going down that road right now. That's just a a thought that popped into my mind. She decided it was okay to grab my face and tell me I have excellent skin. Now, there is nothing wrong with telling me I have excellent skin. I'm perfectly okay with that. I know I have good skin. Trust me. But, why the fuck did you, like, I was puzzled. Like, bitch, don't grab my face. What's wrong with you? And I know it sounds arrogant for me to say I know I have nice skin. But, backstory, let me just give y'all a little more context. A young Pip has had eczema his whole life. Like, since birth. Growing up, my skin used to be horrendous, nigga. Like, my family used to pick on me low-key and say I had crocodile skin. <laughs> like, I don't... This is no indictment on them at all. That should actually make me tougher mentally, you feel me? But it's just something I had to grow up and deal with, you know? And that shit made me incredibly self-conscious as a person. I hated having eczema... I hated seeing my eczema. I would never show anyone my eczema. I literally only met one person who had worse eczema than me. And that's because he was darker skinned than I was. And he would scratch his shit till it was pink and scarred terribly. It was like that shit. I thought my shit was disgusting. But like in hindsight, that that low-key made me feel better that definitely made me feel better just like mentally like meeting him and just seeing how bad his eczema was I know how negative that sounds but it definitely did and just that's not even the point but you know if you've known me for a long time you can just think look back you've never seen me wear shorts or anything like that because I was incredibly self-conscious about my eczema So when my shit finally started to not flare up or, you know, just not be to not be disgusting to me. And honestly, it didn't even, you know, get to a point where it was just not disgusting to me. I think I finally just accepted the fact that I have eczema and, you know, if I do the proper things to take care of myself and my skin then that's the best that I can do. And if, nigga, I break out or something and I break out, like, then I just break out, nigga. I know I just said that. I said that fucked up, but, like, if I break out, then I break out, you know? Like, I can't do shit if I'm putting on lotion and I'm, you know, putting on my ointment. Like, if I'm taking care of my skin to the best of my ability, then I can't be discouraged or upset at myself when I actually do break out. And if I'm not scratching, like, a fucking wild animal, you know what I mean, that's honestly probably the worst part of having eczema, I don't know how it feels for a normal person to itch, or to scratch their itches, but I've, I used to scratch my eczema till I fucking bled, and like, 
I have scars on the back of my legs and scars on my arms from how hard and how deep I used to scratch. I used to fucking cry from scratching my eczema when I got done. Like getting in the shower, nigga, I used to cry because I used to scratch my shit so hard and deep because it felt so fucking good at the time. And then I would get in the shower and that shit would fucking burn like a motherfucker. Or I'd put on my fucking eczema lotion or something like that, nigga, and it felt like my arm was on fire. So, dealing with all that, you know, that just, I don't know, that kind of just took me back mentally, sorry, y'all, I'm not getting choked up or anything, but I was just like, damn, I haven't had that happen in a long time, and to just talk about it was like, fuck, that shit really used to happen a lot, nigga. I really used to scratch all the time till I fucking bled. So I don't even know how that, how that's affected me psychologically, psychologically or anything. That's kind of what I'm thinking about right now. And that's kind of why I'm stuttering and pausing because, you know, my ex asked me a question a little while ago and she was like, how are you always so supportive of yourself? And so you know, how are you your biggest hype man all of the time, you know? You know, having an eczema when I was young, I would like, I remember playing football. I was one of the best players on the team. I remember this play just like sticks out to me just talking about this topic. I remember I, um, I wore the wrong socks to our game. And uh, I scored a touchdown. I broke out. It was maybe like a 20-yard touchdown. It wasn't nothing outrageous or anything like that. But my sock kind of fell down. So if you were there, you could see my eczema on my calf. It was broken out kind of bad. It was dry. It was kind of ashy. It was fucked up. And I scored. And, you know, I was kind of happy that I scored. But overall, I was pissed that, you know, I... I was just upset that I had to deal with having eczema while everyone else had, you know, normalized calves and they didn't have scars and shit on their legs. You know, I was, it didn't bug me that everybody else didn't have eczema. It bugged me that I did have eczema and it bugged me how bad my eczema was and that I had to deal with it. And I felt like I had to deal with it alone. I've always felt like I've had to deal with all my shit alone, honestly, but Partially the fact that they, you know, I mentioned this already, like the way my family used to kind of tease me about it when I was young. It also made me stronger mentally. But like I said, it made me feel like I couldn't talk about them. I I couldn't talk about the way I felt about my eczema to them. You know what I mean? I don't know how they would have handled it, but it was something I felt like I had to do. I had to handle myself. So instead of you know, bashing myself or feeling like I couldn't wear shorts or, you know, thinking my eczema was disgusting or nasty, shit like that, I just started to embrace it, you know, it, in hindsight, I honestly think it's what, get, it's what gave me the confidence that I have today, anytime I started to feel negative about my eczema, I just said something positive instead, rather than thinking negatively or saying anything negatively about my eczema at all, I just said positive shit. I 
refused to allow myself to think that I was anything less than a handsome devil. And I think I've been that way since I was probably 14. Yeah, it's definitely been since at least eighth grade. I, you know, I started to wear shorts again and I just stopped giving a fuck. It wasn't the fact that anyone picked on me or anything. I was literally just incredibly self-conscious. And once I started to boost myself, you know, my own ego and everything, not even in a cocky way, just refusing to allow myself to think I was inferior to anyone. I things got better. And it's crazy. I've never thought about this before. So I'm sorry to take all these pauses, but I really do think I've never thought about how much that that it has affected my life. You know, I've always thought just me having eczema was just me having eczema and it is what it is, you know. But Yeah. That's a that's a real <laughs> weird struggle to have to deal with that I've never discussed or talked about to anybody before. So that's interesting. My bad. We're going to get off the sentimental topics for a while. We got one more we'll save for later, but one thing I do want to discuss is it's crazy how trifling niggas really are. You know, I'm a keep this low-key light because I'm not in a relationship, so I don't know what it's really like to be this nigga doing this, but being in a relationship, I high-key don't, or when I am in a relationship, I high-key don't see myself ever doing this. I don't see how niggas are on Instagram or on Twitter posting long-ass paragraphs talking about how much they're in love about with a girl, how she's the only one for them or the love of their life, anything close to some shit like that. But they've DM bitches that week or that day trying to smash or talking about how much they miss them and all kinds of shit like this. Like, pimp, how does that work? Seriously. You know, I've never been that nigga to do some shit like that. So I honestly, if a nigga has, please let me know because, you know, I have a female friend. I have a few female friends, but one of them recently told me that a young gentleman was in the DMs trying to trying to rekindle an old flame. The day she said that, the day before, this nigga just posted his girl with the longest caption, top three longest captions I've ever seen on Instagram in my fucking life. I put more, I hit read more and I had to hit read more again, nigga. How many times have you done that on Instagram? How you going to DM her? Nigga, how? How does that work? Please tell me. Seriously. Something else I'd like to know, real life. Canelo. Talk to me, pimp. Seriously. This shit don't make no sense. If you haven't heard, the Canelo Triple G fight, the second fight, has been canceled. Which, it's a little eh. Canelo tested positive for some uh, for some um, HGH related stuff. 
in the beef, or I'm sorry, I'm not going to say it was in the beef. Canelo's claim is was the beef was contaminated with this product or whatever chemical that is that's banned. And that's how he was, he got this dosage in his system. I'm a, I want y'all to understand. I, he said he ate some contaminated beef and that's how he got this banned substance in his system. This is the second time he's tested positive. I, I just don't get it. I, I don't get it. If it was in the beef, why not stop eating the beef? You feel me? like, or what? Apparently, it's a gen- like. There's a general knowledge of this for athletes in Mexico. They know that the meat's bad in Mexico. This is like a general consensus of knowledge. So if you know that, why would you still eat beef in Mexico? That's my only question. I mean, I know the carne asada is popping in Mexico. I ain't had carne asada in damn near a year, but I bet you that shit's hitting in Mexico. But anyways, if the shit's going to give you a contaminated shit and fuck you up for a fight, why are you eating it? And also, this don't make sense. Because if you watch boxing at all and you've seen Triple G fight, I'm, I'm, I would think about taking steroids too. So I'm, I'm not knocking Canelo. You feel me? I wouldn't fight Triple G. I don't I don't know how much money he getting. Canelo actually Canelo's the A fighter. I don't know. We let me look at those numbers real before I discuss that. But if I was the A side, I might fight Triple G. But as the B side, I ain't I ain't losing my motherfucking helmet, nigga. Triple G was eating Canelo's hardest punches. His hardest punches, bro, and just walked through them. I ain't, Canelo's a low-key a hard hitter. He done slept some people, bruh. Lots of people. So to just, to be the dude just walking through these punches, that has to be discouraging for your next fight. That has to be discouraging. To look at the, re, to watch the tape from your last fight and to see him walking through your power punches and not even fucking flinch his face. There's no way you telling me he didn't consider taking something. I just think he got caught and then decided to blame it on the contaminated beef since there's naturally that knowledge that Mexico doesn't have the safest rules and compliances when it comes to their meat packaging and produce, you know? But, yeah, I just... Yeah, I think that's exactly what it is. You know, while I'm still unboxing, I think it's crazy how sensitive the world is nowadays. Deontay Wilder, heavyweight champion, he he did an interview on The Breakfast Club, and he was talking about, as many athletes talk about, their alternative personality when they step into the ring field gym, arena, whatever they're playing on, you know, his alternative personality, the person he turns into when he enters the ring, he claims is the bronze bomber, and 
he basically said when he goes into the ring, he turns into the bronze bomber. He feels no emotion. He doesn't get nervous. He doesn't give a fuck about his opponent. He goes in there with the intent to win and the intent to kill. He wants to catch a body. He wants to do as much damage to his opponent as possible. That's not verbatim what he said, but I'm paraphrasing. That's basically exactly what he said. And then a few days later, the boxing commission or whatever wants to put this thing under investigation for the simple fact that he said he literally stated it very clearly too. He said, when I turn in or when I go into the ring and I turn into that person, this is how I feel. But as soon as the bell rings, if I was to really end a person's life in that ring and I turned back into Deontay Wilder, I would feel horrible. I'd feel terrible for what I did because I know as Deontay Wilder that that person has a family and then he has, he may have kids. He has a mother he has people that he cares about and people that care about him. I'd feel horrible if I actually did something like that to a man. He literally said that right after. Actually, nigga, he said that in the, like, that was all in between. So the fact that I don't even understand how this got twisted into making him seem like some person looking to murder someone in the ring or that he's some terrible I don't even understand that logic you know white media is wild bro they also just voted Jamel Hill as the worst sports and or the most annoying sports analyst on television and honestly that's probably the most wild shit I've I've seen in the history of negative I don't even think she's top 10 I'm going to come back to y'all with my top 10 list of most annoying sports analysts. But Jason Whitlock is high key number one. He's the biggest Uncle Tom I've ever seen in life. And it's not even... Honestly, it is the fact that he's an Uncle Tom. He, It seems like he genuinely hates being black and he hates black people. He is so anti-black, it makes no sense. It genuinely makes no sense sense he has to be getting paid he has to have an agenda that's being pushed by the white man it's it's so forced it doesn't even make sense anymore he shows absolutely no support for black people at all at all i'm gonna say that again at all it's ridiculous So Jay-Z did an interview on the David Letterman show. He came out, or his mom came out to him and said she was gay. And it honestly just made me think about the last, or not the last, (laughs) the time my mom told me, came out to me and told me she was gay, you know? I was 14. We were at the parking lot of a Piggly Wiggly. And I think I was about to meet her lady friend. And she just told me. You know, she's been, she's had this feeling about females since she was young. And as she grows older, it's not something she looks to hide anymore. And at 14, I didn't care or understand the magnitude of what she was telling me, you know? It was just like, okay. I mean, as long as you're happy, that's cool. I didn't like my sister's stepdad, so I honestly didn't give a fuck about who she was dating. Um, 
at 22 now, looking back at it, I I think that was a pretty big step for her, and I think it made me more accepting about who I was as a person, because the timing of that ties into when I stopped giving a fuck about my eczema and started just wearing shorts or not caring about not not caring about what my skin looked like because as I said earlier I would still do my best to take care of it but if it was fucked up I wouldn't bash myself you know what I mean I would still uplift myself that's when I started to be my biggest hype man rather than regret the way I feel about myself years later because I would hate to have to tell my kids hey you have eczema you know and it's something you're gonna have to live with and you know I hated it and I didn't feel comfortable till I was 40. You know, I would hate for them to feel that way. You know? So. In Jay-Z's interview, he talking about his mom, he said when she told him, he smiled and uh, cried tears of happiness. And honestly, I want to watch the interview so I could hear more about why he felt that way. Because, like I said, at 14, I didn't understand the magnitude. And even maybe at 22, I'm missing the magnitude because I don't have kids, so I don't understand how... I don't understand that level of love or compassion, you know? But being the child in that scenario, she's still my mom at the end of the day. I'm not going to... Even if I had a problem with gay people, she would be my mother at the end of the day. So what would I... I can't hate gay people in any way. Not that I... I wasn't raised to have any... Like, I wasn't raised that your sexuality defines who you are as a person. So I have no problem with gay people whatsoever. I fully support gay people, actually. Like, I have plenty of gay friends. So that's not even... We're not going there. Anyways... You know, it didn't make me love her any more or any less. It honestly just made me more accepting of who I was as a person. You know, it made me feel like I can't hide from anything anymore. I have to be who I am. And that's it. 